We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that doesn't flag you for holding. In fact, they'll reward you for it. Just don't tell the rest. Earn 1.75% annual percentage yield on your monthly balance with a high interest checking account at Emprise Bank. Visit EmpriseBank.com. Member FDIC, our partner in possible. And I am appreciative that they've made this place possible for us to talk. By us, I mean my dear pal. Yeah, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane. How are we today? Well, personally, I'm doing well. I am. I had a good time hanging out with you and the entire, you know, KCS and crew and a bunch of people that came out to meetups over this past weekend. But I am a little sad that I missed the KC Lab Show on Monday because I was on a flight. But what that means is I was on a flight when we really got to talk real about how this game went. I couldn't share my grievances. I couldn't talk about it. So you know what's happening today, Camp? The gloves, they're coming off. No Chiefs player. <laughs> No cheese coach is safe. This is no longer a safe space. I am sorry. This team, you know, we got to talk real for the rest of the show. This is a little bit of a game preview, but I air all of my grievances yet. So they are going to come out as we go down this game preview piece by piece because there's a lot to talk about. So we're going to game preview and Maddie is going to go in on some things that are, that are, uh, that are worthy of being went in. Nothing is safe. Okay. Nobody? Nobody, no thing, no scheme, no coach, no player, nobody. Especially players that only play on special teams and have four special teams penalties on the year. Chris Lamont. All right, let's go ahead and just start. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go three storylines on offense, three storylines on defense. Uh, and we'll see where Maddie takes everything. This is going, I'm very excited for this. Uh, we got to start on the offensive side of the football as we always do. Uh, and I think coaching, you know, overall, there's probably a lot of introspection being done right now, uh, with the coaching staff, what they can do to be better and how they can make this thing work moving forward after an embarrassment against the bills. What are you expecting here, Maddie? Well, I'm expecting much of the same because we do the same song and dance in the middle of every single season. Teams figure out that if they play man coverage against the Chiefs receivers, but at a bracket, whether over the top or a linebacker underneath or walling Travis Kelsey off over the top of Hill, they can essentially lock up 
every other player on the Chiefs with man coverage. This year, the twist has been teams are just playing either soft cover two or two man over the top of it. And they're essentially only making sure they keep a safety over Hill. Yes, there's still two deep guys, but their attention is on Hill. They're playing the same two coverages over and over again. And you know who doesn't, has not been calling plays to beat it very often? The Kansas City Chiefs. We do this all the time. We ask every year to see more man beaters because the talent on everyone outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey isn't there. They are not talented enough to beat man coverage. They're not talented enough to do this against these two high looks. So please call some man coverage beaters. Call some cover two beaters. Like there's plenty that exists on third down. That's all that the Bills were playing. It was a version of either two man or they would play cover one lurk, which a high safety would spin down and I play as a robber. But similar stuff is going to beat both of these. The Chiefs called only about three cover two beaters on third down all game long. They just never anticipated having to beat it. And I don't know why. I don't know where the offensive game plan is going with this, but that is now three losses. And in all three losses, you've gotten some combination of two man, of soft cover two, or both that is just completely, not completely flummoxed, because I mean, you can look at the offensive numbers, but it's definitely slowed down this Chiefs offensive attack. And on third downs, they've been under 50% on all three of those games. And that's essentially where they are becoming very vulnerable on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and you know, I, I think, you know, Two man, or not just two men, just man beaters in general. I think Andy's got some good man beaters in his repertoire. Um, you know, I he's we we talked about this a lot against you know, I think we were talking about this against the Ravens. Like, he can really do a good job getting running backs out of the backfield, does a really good job getting those kind of guys lost. You would anticipate, uh, you know, maybe some of these secondary weapons, not the Tyreek Hills, not the Travis Kelsey's, being able to get some of these guys uncovered with some runaway situations. McCole Harden would be a great guy to get snuck out the back door of a mesh play, you know, trying to create some traffic and getting out the backside of a mesh play. But there's a lack of trust right now with all these secondary weapons right now. Uh, there really is, and I think that's one of the big problems. Um, there's a lot of problems, frankly, but I think there is a lack of trust overall, lack of confidence in, in a guy not named Travis Kelsey, a guy not named... Tyreek Hill. And I think we're kind of seeing that with how Mahomes is playing this game. There's a lot of things to unpack with Mahomes. And, you know, the sky's not falling with Mahomes, but there are definitely some things that are making him look a little bit more human than we are accustomed to. And I think that's storyline number two. It's it's the it's the the story about around Mahomes. What Mahomes are we going to get moving forward this season? What's going on with him to where he's bleeding a little bit? Something we're not really accustomed to bouncing out of pockets early, uh, just bailing on. I honestly, I I think, I honestly think, Maddie, watching him a little bit, it's Tyreek, nope, Trav, nope. All right, let's try to make something happen out of the pocket. Like he's given up on plays if it's not Ty, if it's not Ty or if it's not Travis Kelsey. Oh, he absolutely has no trust in the other wide receivers. I mean, you can see why if you watch the whole game. Yes, you can pick out plays from certain parts without the game and say, hey, look, Demarcus Robinson's wide open. McCole Hardman's about to be open. Throw us some anticipation. But when you go through all these plays, more often than not, Robinson's blanketed. McCole Hardman's not getting off the line of scrimmage, even from inside the slot. Like, these guys aren't reliable. So I get it. On one hand, you want to say, well, you're the best quarterback in the league. Make sure you go through your progressions and see the open guy. But at some point, it does start to weigh on you, the inconsistency, the lack of reliability out of these other weapons. And so, like, that takes me back to that first point. Help him with some coaching. Please quit calling sticks when you know every defensive back is going to be in trail technique. You know what really doesn't work against trail technique? Comeback routes. It's kind of hard to run them. 
So, it worked. Now, it did. It, to, to be fair, that third and twelve, Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill right in the face. He did, and the, I, that was a great play because I think it, that talk that goes to Patrick Mahomes' side adjustments. He was talking about press conferences like after the game, is the receivers and him have to be on the same page. So I think you can see Tyreek Hill, and he does it a couple times. He actually opens up backwards so that he can sell, turn out the other way, but then works back into the middle of the field, and like he specifically beats a defender in trail technique, but it's really hard. It's just not easy. The rest of the receivers aren't able to do that. That's a Tyreek Hill, maybe Travis Kelsey can do kind of thing. So help him out. But I'm also not letting Patrick Mahomes off the hook here. Like you want to talk all offseason about how you're going to work on your quick game. And you, you've been, he's been significantly more efficient with it. But I'll tell you what, how about you occasionally hit your running back in the flat early and not late? Like maybe while the zone defense is still dropping underneath everybody they're carrying vertically because they're scared of you, hit the flat a little earlier and let Jet McKinnon go out there and make a play. Maybe you hit McCole Hardman quicker in the flat so he can get his speed going. And for the love of God, when you do step up in the pocket, slide your feet, quit running towards the line of scrimmage every time. I think you can count on, you'll need more than one hand to count the amount of times that Patrick Mahomes had an inaccurate pass just against the Bills because he always runs. He doesn't subtly, I think you've talked about this before. He doesn't really subtly move in the pocket great. He makes big movements. And sometimes with the right move, he'll slide or step the right direction, but he makes grandiose movements in the pocket and he doesn't keep his feet underneath him. And yeah, he has the arm talent to make it work. But when you're skipping five or six passes in a game because your shoulders are completely square, your feet aren't underneath you because you're running forward instead of just simply sliding in a good mechanical position, it can come back to haunt you. So he has things he has to fix as well. Especially in unideal conditions too. You know, some of those bad habits can get a little bit magnified when the ball's a little bit wet, when the field's a little bit wet. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, I don't think every single skipped pass was on Mahomes. I think there was some route, uh, you know, there was some, some poorly run routes, McColl, um, that, that made some of these plays look worse, but the truth of the matter is it's not all of them. There was just some just really poor mechanical plays, um, poor bases, honestly, a lack of, I mean, honestly, like just he didn't have anything behind some of those balls at times. And maybe that was a little bit of the weather. And that's why that's where some of the fundamental stuff can really come back to bite you, you know, because if the, if the conditions aren't perfect or ideal, sometimes, you know, your things get a little bit more magnified. Um, well, stick so with Mahomes real quick. Go for it. I also think he's, I think we're getting dangerously close to him being too timid. I know yes. the hot topic this week is everybody's talking about how he's pushing too much. And I think you can pick out examples of that, but there's some plays where, I see some one-on-ones where his receivers have leverage. There's some plays where, yeah, the window is tightening up, but there's windows there. And then you hear his press conference after the game, and he's just talking about how he's never been a guy to throw a lot of interceptions, how he's got to go back and reevaluate kind of his process. And I just wonder if Mahomes is starting, someone's in his ear, whether it's the stats, whether it's just the general narrative, coaching, whatever it may be, but it almost seems like he's getting a little timid himself to press downfield into some of these tight windows. And I'm not saying you have to attack, attack, attack all the time, but you got to keep defenses honest eventually. You know how you stop the Bills from playing cover one lurk every single third and short so you can get some of those open crossing routes? You hit one or two honey hole shots. You hit one or two deep passes, and all of a sudden that safety is a little slower to spin down. Maybe he doesn't come five yards from the line of scrimmage next time. It's just I think he's just been a little too hesitant to take some of these shots downfield. And I really think listening to him, something's in his head. He's starting to get nervous about his own style of play. And he's not trusting himself like he has in years past.
there does seem to be a lack of confidence. One thing you said about honey hole shots, a guy that could really help that is Josh Gordon, because that's a guy that can play down the sideline, win at the catch point, be physical. I mean, this is a 230 pound man. This isn't, you know, this is a guy that can actually win in that area and, and play through contact and play through a, a hit on, you know, on the, on a rail shot. So one thing to think about, you know, you, you talk about interceptions and I think the interesting thing, Maddie is both of those interceptions were, targeted in in short areas so you know the ball tipped to the line of scrimmage but also Patrick Mahomes the ball went through Tyreek Hill's hands and that's been a big problem I think there's you know I think Andy even brought it up in in the press conference today uh he talked about you know how on a per drive ba basis they've been historical <laughs> you know they've been one of like on a points per game you know points per drive they're they're one of the best ever uh, but little things are really keeping them from sustaining drives at times and, and really costly turnovers. And, you know, you, we've seen a lot of turnovers in and of themselves, but we, we saw a, a drop turnover. Uh, we saw a, a turnover, a, a drop that lost four points for the chiefs potentially, uh, in the, on that sticks play we're talking about with Tyree kill. I wrote about it on the, on the KCSN stub tag. That's, you know, that's 11 points they gave away on their best. One of their best players drops. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's been some, there's been some really bad ones, uh, you know, with, um, you know, with McColl too, on that one play where he didn't flatten out and well, that was a different play too. Never mind. No, he, he flattened out on, I, he might've flattened out on the drop, but anyways, there's, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of focus issues and that can't continue. That can't sustain, uh, because that's, that's a problem here for this team moving forward. And they got to clean it up against Washington. They do. I, a football dropping on the football field is never a good thing. But what is a good drop is a McAdoodles dropping to your local neighborhood in the Kansas City area. Guys, Craig's told you about this. I mean, for weeks, for months now, Craig, who looks just like this poster that Kent is holding up if he put on a hat, was smoking out of a pipe, he's been telling you just about their customer service, their selection. He's been to the back room. He's seen everything they have to offer. Anytime Craig tells you, about any kind of liquor store it tells you it's his favorite that he has to go there you have to believe him that means it's the real deal i can't wait to get a chance to go to one i would really appreciate it if you're a franchisee in the kansas city area if you would help bring one a little bit closer to where i travel into pretty frequently because i'll tell you what i get jealous seeing all the pictures that you guys send us and put on social media and send to mac doodles about you guys getting to go there I want to go to one. And if I have to, I mean, I'll go drive a couple hours to get to one next time I'm in Kansas City. But it would be great if you guys could bring one to Kansas City. So if you're interested, please email Roger at info at macadoodles.com. You know, talk about franchising one. Talk about getting one in the area, anywhere you may be, but especially in Kansas City, because they do need to drop one around there. And hopefully when that happens, the Chiefs will quit dropping the football. Kent, this is getting out of hand. These drops, they're all over the place. I think Patrick Mahomes has the third most yards lost on the year by the drop stat, I believe, is the graphic I saw today. And guess what? He's throwing the ball not very far downfield. That means there's a lot of drops coming on these. Like they're The Chiefs are losing a fair amount of yards out of a high volume of drop passes, and you see it. I mean, every week there's a couple drops. Tyree Kill's getting in on it. Travis Kelsey, unfortunately, isn't always the most sure-handed tight end, even though he's great. It's like everybody on this team has a tendency to drop the football occasionally, and right now they're just stacking up. And even worse, so many of them are being tipped and turned into turnovers. They need to eliminate this going forward. If you just take away the drops, this team cuts their turnovers in half almost immediately. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, it kind of feels like every big Chiefs <laughs> loss has drops associated with it. You think about the Super Bowl, a lot of drops. This game here, it got out of hand. 11 points lost because of drops. And that's just not acceptable. And I mean that that those two I mean those, I think those two big plays by the one of the best receivers in the National Football League, the Chiefs only legitimate receiver right now. Tyree Kill with two big drops that really changed the outcome of that football game significantly. It wasn't the only thing, but you know, if those two plays don't happen, we might be, you know, the game might have gotten a little closer, especially considering the defense kind of shorts some things up in that third quarter. They think they could have really could have made some things interesting there, but they didn't. And this is not a new problem. And and this is not something that, you know, at some point, you know, they they yes, the Chiefs are are turning it over at a probably unsustainable rate. And they've played some very good football teams in doing so, but they've really like they've really they've put themselves behind the eight ball significantly. And a lot of things are going wrong for the Chiefs at the wrong time with terrible timing that's led to them becoming two and three. They got to shore up drop significantly. They just have they've I I I don't know where to start there. I mean, this is this is the, some of this basic blocking and tackling stuff. You know, it's just you know you've got to you've got to really pay attention to the fundamentals. We've talked about you know it's the same thing. Protect the football. You know, it's it drops catching the football is protecting the football. It's not just bringing in holding it tight and hoping it doesn't get punched out, which is we talked about. Teams are going to be going for the football, but it doesn't just start with the it doesn't start with the tug. It starts with catching it. And that whole process has to be cleaned up, you know, especially, you know, they got they got it's got to start this week against Washington. I, I agree. I think it boils down to fundamentals. There's fundamental issues on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. It's Andy Reid's not always been the most structured coach. He has not always had the most disciplined football teams. But at this point in time, it's basic fundamentals, such as securing a football b- before the catch after the catch while running, whenever it may be, there's just a seems to be a general lack of attention to detail. You talked about it earlier. Routes run, maybe not to the right spot. There's a couple plays I think you could point out, either missed cut blocks, offensive tackles, or linemen just not getting their not getting defensive linemen's hands down on quick passes that are forcing Mahomes to change arm angles, leading potentially to a tipped interception at the line of scrimmage. Like, there's basic fundamental things that you learn early on in a camp process that just aren't getting done right now. So it drops, it drops in ball security, just in fumbles. Like that is the first place to start on the offensive side of the ball with stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I, there's a lot of little things everywhere and it just, it, it makes, it's just, it's, I, it doesn't make sense because you're just not used to a lot of these little things adding up and, but they are. And that's why this team's losing football games, players to watch against Washington you got many. So I feel like we've gypped people that may be listening to hear about the Washington football team's defense a little bit. And that's my fault. I said that I was coming in here to rant a little bit about the Chiefs. Like all of our talking points are how the Chiefs can get better themselves. But I think that's really where their issue is anyway. So I will give this little nugget on kind of the Washington football team's defense right now. Their outside corner and William Jackson, the third, and even Benjamin St. Juice, they play pretty well. You know, they're not great. They're giving up some big catches. But overall, if you're throwing the ball at them, you're flirting with fire a little bit. Kendall Fuller's also been solid as a slot cornerback where they've been really bad. Their linebackers and their safety room outside of Cameron Curl have been atrocious versus the pass. They've actually quite similarly bad to the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is a game that I think Travis Kelsey can get loose. I think he needs to. Travis Kelsey's last two games, he has 57 yards and 23 yards. 
the last time Travis Kelsey had back-to-back games under 60 yards, 2019, when Patrick Mahomes was not playing. Mm. That's not normal. I know teams are taking him away. I also think he's getting a little bit of extra use to help block along the line of scrimmage, but I think the Chiefs need to get him back going again. That's when this offense is at the best is when it funnels through him and they can use Tyree Kill to take the top off to get the dynamic plays. So I think this has to be a big Travis Kelsey game, not only from the Chiefs side, but that's also where the biggest mismatch against this Washington football team's defense might lie. So I know Jarek McKinnon, uh, you know, he may not be considered the bell cow for this team moving forward. Daryl Williams is going to be a guy that gets a lot of attention, but Jarek McKinnon has more juice than anybody in the running back room. And that was the case before Clyde Edwards-Alaire went down with an injury. This is a guy with some legit speed that can actually get the corner on some of these outside runs. He's got capability in pass protection or a pass uh, in, in the passing game. But, oh, my goodness, is he a good pass protector, too? And it's kind of surprising. He's a good blocker. Think about the counterplay with Tyreek Hill, where you know you don't normally rely on a typical H-back to try to block a linebacker, and he did. And he did a very serviceable job doing it getting out in space. So this is a guy that adds some, you know, he has some skill sets and the chiefs need it out of necessity. Now, and the chiefs are wanting to get, you know, if they're getting some more man coverage looks, this is a guy that they can sneak out the back door of a play and, and get free on some rub concepts, but he's also a guy with some home run hitting ability. And I think we need to take a look at this guy uh, this week as a player to watch and moving forward uh, until Clyde Edwards, the does get back because he does have some legitimate juice and he's got opportunity here because you know, if he goes out and he plays well, then it's really, you know, it's 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 an opportunity that he could he could play some more even when Clyde gets back. This is a this is a chance for him to grab more share of this backfield moving forward. He's a guy to watch. All right, defensive side of the football. Ah, uh, time to get to the good side of the field. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Quick, Greg. Hey, they uh they played all right in the three, 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 three for three whole possessions. Uh, that's a win, right? Um, I mean, they forced what three, three punts three, and three straight three a, and outs and the Chiefs and they should have had a, should have had an interception. Like that's what everybody asked for. I do like the narrative is the Chiefs defense is so bad. They're so terrible. They cost the Chiefs this game. Like, wait, they did exactly what everybody asked, which was get a couple stops. Like they literally gave you a couple stops, which is Maybe what anybody asked for. Yeah. So all anyone asked for. And they're somehow still like the big problem. I get it. The touchdowns they gave up was bad it looked easy to drive down the field on them but hey you know they did what we all asked they got you a few stops the offense gave up more points in the third quarter than the defense did so there's that so okay so the defensive side of the football i you know there was it was an embarrassing first half just absolutely egregious just dan Sorensen. but second half they strung some stuff together but in this at this juncture Things didn't finish well. There's a lot up in the air. Do we see some kind of shakeups on the defensive side of the football after this week? Because we're five games in, they're two and three. They're about to play Washington. This might be a time to try some things differently. I hope so. I don't know why. I don't know how much longer you can hold off. I get wanting to wait until a bye week to make just, I just don't know if the Chiefs can afford that Like right now. I think anytime you're playing a team that has playoff hopes, which I do think the Washington football team entered the year with, you have to make sure you're trying to win that game, like actively trying to win it. I don't know how you walk into your players' meeting after that game, sit there, look all these guys in the face, these grown men in the face, and say, Dan Sorensen gives us our best chance to win. I don't know how you do that anymore. We've been a somewhat defender of Sorensen just based on the he knows what he's doing. 
He's the safe player. He does the things that they need him to do right now. He's not doing that. He's not. Let Juan Thornhill go out there and make those same mistakes, but do so fast or as a potential playmaker at this point in time. If you don't want to trust him, give Armani Watts a chance. I don't care at this point in time. Try something else with him because he is a a net negative. And I get that he kind of covers up for poor linebacker play, but hopefully you have a linebacker that can now sub in and maybe you don't have to push Dan into the box so much. Maybe you don't need that safety net as a tackler as much back deep. I just think you have to make a change sooner rather than later. You absolutely, I think you have to think about it. And I tweeted it out during the game. Dan Sorensen's unplayable. He was unplayable. Yeah, he, they, There was nothing discernible that he did well because he was horrendous in run support. He was one-on-one with Zach Moss in the box completely whiffed. Lost on a double. <coughs> you lost, excuse me, sorry. He, you know, uh, double move in the middle of the field. Lost Dawson Knox down the sideline. Tyron Matthew, I think I said this on Monday, he's been a big proponent of of Dan Sorensen, and he's sitting there holding his arms up all the time about what this guy's doing in the back end of that defense. And you've that's got, usually a look only reserved for Charvarius Ward. It really is. <laughs> it is. There's there's all you know, there's just at this point, there's there's nothing of value he presents and provides. And so you've got to you've got to try something different with personnel. Uh, I think to try to mix some things up. And no, that does not mean Dorian O'Daniel. It will never mean Dorian O'Daniel. Uh, just be, I mean, I'm sorry. It just, I, I can't do it. But, I think you have to be bordering on losing the locker room by keep playing Dan Sorensen. I really, I really, at least the younger players, like I know that Steve Spagnolo and this defensive coaching staff have a lot of respect from Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Anthony Hedges, the leaders kind of in this defense, but none of those guys are playing particularly well right now. So I don't know how much that carries. And on top of that, I don't know how you convince any young defensive player that Dan Sorensen should be on the field over anybody else. Like, I just don't, you're getting close to losing this locker room by playing a guy that you feel comfortable with at this point in time. Like, I, I think it's gotta be close. I think that could be a fractured locker room too. If, if the defense keeps playing the way it does period. So it's a critic. And I think that's why you got to consider shaking things up sooner rather than later, because I think it's getting the critical mass because the offense has largely done their job and the defense has not so that's something you got to really look at. The the uh the Washington football team has one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh Terry McLaurin is an exceptional player. He's a top 10 receiver in my book. Yes, I know the Chiefs could have had him yada yada yada. I yeah, Cue I the somber it. music talk. I know. I Play know. it right over all this. <laughs> I get it. But he's lining up for Washington this week and he's a big problem. He presents a big problem. He's a guy that the Chiefs need to make sure that they pay attention to. So he's averaging just a hair under 10 targets per game. He has 30 more targets than the next highest person on the Washington football team roster right now. Terry McLaurin is going to get the ball. He's going to get it a ton. And they don't care if he's covered. He's usually not, but they don't care if he's covered. They don't care if it's deep, intermediate, underneath. They are going to get him the football. He mostly lines up out wide. They will take some shots. They will get some matches with him in the slot. But he's going to be going up against Charvarius Ward if he can play in his first game back. That scares me. He's going to be going up against Mike Hughes, who's still getting playing time somehow on the outside. That really scares me. The best bets are Shad Fenton, but I don't think fit, I like Fenton on the outside. I think I've got that question a few times this week. I think Fenton played pretty well. He's a physical corner that plays well on the outside. I just don't think he has the athletic profile to keep up with the receiver like Terry McLaurin. It's like I don't feel great about that matchup either. I don't like the Chiefs matchups with him. Their best player to cover him is LeJarrius Sneed, and we know the Chiefs aren't going to follow him around. 
Sneedle play majority of his snaps in the slot again, and that's not where McLaurin goes. So what are the Chiefs going to do? Who's going to get? Who's going to be helping on Terry McLaurin? Because they better have some kind of help all game long. You shut down him, and you pretty much put a big stop to that passing offense. Well, make no mistake about it. Taylor Heineke is going to force some force some targets into him. So you do have like to Maddie's point. It's not just like, hey, he's a very good player. You need to pay extra attention to him. It's hey, it doesn't matter if you pay extra attention to them for off for Washington's offense to have some success and you have a chance at winning this game. They have to force some targets in. Taylor Heineke has to take some chances, and when he's taking chances. He's going to be trying to target Terry McLaurin. He's that good of a football player. And so everything, I I, I mean, I think a lot of this revolves around him. And like you said, Maddie, we 10 targets a game. That's a lot. That's a lot of targets. So he's a guy you've definitely got to lock up. It's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs do that, but they're going to. If you uh, see him running free a single time in this game, like I... I will tell you right now, if you see Terry McLaurin running free downfield from a blown coverage that multiple eyes on him, you can tweet at me, fire Spags all you want. I will retweet every single one of them. I have defended Steve Spagnuolo this entire time, and I'm not saying it's going to be his fault, but there should be no way coming out of the end of this game that every secondary player, everybody on that defense should have an idea of who Terry McLaurin is and where he is every single snap. Find him, keep eyes on him. If he's ever running free, that's a coaching staff problem at this point in time. I don't care if which player blows the coverage. The coaching staff has to instill that in their head. He is, he is their passing offense. I Yes, 100%. It is 100% their passing offense. I will say, at some point, we do have to stop blaming the players. Uh, and I've been a very big proponent of the players. But if if that keeps happening... like there, if there's a there's a there's a disconnect that starts somewhere beyond the players if it continues if some of the things that were continues with coverage bust that's just it's inexcusable and so you know it, it's a it's the players until it's not and we're very quickly approaching it's not the players get the uh, frequent not, flyers off the field get the guys that the same guys that do it the majority make, yes. of the time off the field I mean, there's well and I, I that's what I kind of said last week it's like you know I'll defend some of the stuff Steve Spagnuolo is doing schematically and and I will blame just talent and I will blame the players themselves but there yeah some roster decisions if they fall on Steve Spagnuolo I, at some point Dan Sorensen is just I mean he's unplayable he is so whatever whatever Juan Thornhill did just forgive him and move on <laughs> uh I love <laughs> so we do a rundown on this show, okay? <laughs> and we do, you know, we work on we work on this rundown collaboratively. Here's a little inside baseball. And I love this third subject that Maddie wants to talk about. The third storyline. Maddie Lane, is this the worst defensive line in the National Football League? Yes. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. This past week against the Buffalo Bills, whose offensive line is good, not great. They're a fine offensive line. They're a quality offensive line. The Chiefs' best defensive lineman by a multiple of five was Frank Clark with no hamstrings. He has no <laughs> hamstrings. He could not turn. He could not accelerate. The only plays he made were when they were in his phone booth and in a very slow-moving linear path straight forward. You watch his pass rush. He had decent power in his hands. He had a pretty decent drive. He was pushing tackles back a little bit, but he couldn't disengage because he couldn't move laterally. He couldn't turn the corner. 
He had five pressures. I don't think they were particularly high quality. They were decent, but it's, it's only in a very linear path. He couldn't move. He had a couple run stops. You know who had the second most run stops in defensive line? I think Derek Nottie with like one. This defensive line's terrible. They're playing terrible. And I get it. They didn't have Chris Jones, who's their best defensive line player right now. It's not like he's been great this year. He's playing with a wrist injury, so that might be hampering his effectiveness as well because he's against his hands a lot. But when he comes back, it's not going to automatically catapult them into mediocre. He's not been, he's barely been mediocre this year. So like, what, what are you hanging your hat on? You would think coming into it, you have Mike Dana, Derek Nani, Jaron Reed, Frank Clark, Christian. Oh, we can at least stop the run. And then we can, you know, committee rush the passer. Nope. Can't stop the run. Nobody gets, holds up their gap besides the no hamstring defensive end. Occasionally, not even every play anymore, just occasionally holds his gap nobody's playing well. They get zero pass rush unless they're rushing with Jerry Sneed or Willie Gay. I don't know what this defense, I don't know what this defensive line not only does well, but does at a moderate level. They are terrible. They are playing absolutely God awful across the board. Well, they're not changing the line of scrimmage along the interior uh, at all. I mean, that's another thing too. It's, you know, against the run. I mean, and you know, I think, I think some teams want to run wide <laughs> because they want some, they, you know, they want, Derek Nani to have to move off the spot, but I mean, I chase this wide zone, Mike Dana and Chris Jones. Like, is right. that not the slowest defensive end? I mean, Frank Clark right now too. Like, is that not the three slowest defensive ends that you could put out there to chase a wide zone? It's, it's up there. Good luck finding. I mean, but this, okay, this is the chiefs. Like this is roster construction. This is the roster. Like the chiefs don't have athletes. <laughs> The Chiefs don't value athleticism. Derek Nye is a two-down player. Nick Bolton's a two-down player. They take all the Clyde Edwards Alaire. Underwhelming, unexplosive. Watch him and then watch Jonathan Taylor. I mean, at this point, I'm I I it, yeah, I, I liked Clyde too. I just there's just a lack of explosiveness, athleticism on this roster, and it's really starting to add up. It's like Tyreek Hill in a bunch of dudes. Uh, well, I, I love straight the line McColl. Yeah, huh? I love the draft of McColl, Juan Thornhill, Colin Saunders. Like, hey, maybe we do understand what athleticism is. And they're like, psych, we just really wanted a couple of these guys to yep. not play them. Yep. Yeah, that's that checks out. But anyways, yeah. Um, you know, Maddie, you've you've uh you've you've theorized that they're playing a gap and a half, and maybe there's some adjustments that they've made there, but like I don't I don't know, man. I just doesn't like it. See, I it seems like they. I don't really think they are. I think, and and if they are, maybe that's like the adjustment. One of the adjustments this offseason Spags try to make. It just seems like they're bad. They're a step slow. They're getting beat off the ball. And it, it it's I I I'm running out of things to say. It's just disappointing. Yeah, I, I've trash canned that theory. I don't think that's true anymore. It's, I think I they think are just slow off the ball. I think they are not winning at the line of scrimmage. Like. I, it would explain why they're getting why these big good run defenders are getting pushed around. It would explain why Anthony Hitchens is going from starting to play faster and faster and faster mentally last year to slower and slower and slower this year. But I just don't think that's the case. It doesn't look like it anymore. It just looks like they're getting beat up left and right, and I don't think they know how to fix it either. There's been some injuries and some issues there up front. It's like maybe that's a little bit of it, but it's just again, it's not enough to justify anything. All right. Let's go ahead and look at some players to watch here on the defensive side of the football against the Washington football team. So 
I think in the second half, Steve Spagnuolo was trying stuff. He was getting Juan Thornhill out there more. He literally was changing personnel packages to get Willie Gay on the field. So I, Willie Gay is going to be my guy to watch in this game, not only because I do think we talked about earlier, kind of is there going to be a shakeup? I think Willie Gay has to. Like you have to insert him more than just base. They put him into base uh, defensive personnel package about the second quarter against the Bills. He's got to get into the nickel more frequently. They did down the stretch. I think they have to keep that up, get him on the field as much as possible. If that means running more three down linemen and just having him mug an A gap like they were doing later in the second half versus Bills, so be it. Just get him on the field. I think this is a good matchup for him too. If you do scheme up a way to take away Terry McLaurin, let's say that you have that figured out. Your next two targets are going to be Antonio Gibson out of the backfield, and it's going to be Logan Thomas at tight end. You need someone that has a prayer to contain these guys, to get out to the flats, to get to the sideline and cover those two. I don't think, it's definitely not Nick Bolton. It's definitely not Anthony Hitchens. I know you trust Ben Neiman in coverage, and I don't think he's actually been as bad this year as people want to think, but he's not been good. Put Willie Gay out there. Let him run around, see if he can make a couple plays against you know the number two and number three big offensive weapon for this Washington football team. Maddie, the defense is in an identity crisis of Athena's. Yeah. But the defense is to in a, a, a epic proportions of epic proportions. Um, I it, there's a lot of decisions that got to be made this offseason. I think about this defense, and they might need to blow it up. And you might, I don't know, you might blow it up. You might even not keep Tyron Matthew around, and that's a guy I'm keeping an Ooh. eye on. I know. Um, I, we haven't seen him get his hands on the football since week two pass breakup anything maybe they're just avoiding him because everything else is open i don't know but this team really needs this team really needs tyron matthew to make a play on the football because no one else is going to um this is the chief's best defensive player he needs to get his hands on the football this week and taylor taylor heineke's a guy that can do that will do that uh he will throw the, he'll, he'll put some balls at risk he's willing and he's gonna try to challenge Hopefully he talent challenges Tyron Matthew. And I want to see if we can get the honey badger, uh, get, get the ball, get the hands on the ball because the chiefs really need that right now. All right. Prediction time. We got to predict this game. We got to predict the outcome of this sporting event. Okay. So I spent this entire podcast ranting about the chiefs, what they've not been doing well, where I think they need to get better. It's been very unfocused to the Washington football team. I apologize for that. But, you know, I just had to get some of the stuff off my chest. I tried to tie in together some, you know, loose threads here. I'll be candid. I'll be candid. I don't know how many people are really looking forward to the Washington game as much as they are just looking at the, like, outlook for this football team anyway. Sure. So I get it's, that. It's fine. I tell myself all day. The Chiefs. The Chiefs should be looking forward to this game to get right. Like they need this game to get right. And it's gonna happen. I think it is gonna happen. I think, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think you do see a pissed off team. I think you see a team that comes out knowing what they want to do. Specific they come out with a playoff level game plan. Finally, they come out with their best stuff, whether that's Andy's best stuff or the best stuff they have geared towards beating this zone of Washington football team, handling this really good pass. Like they're going to put their best foot forward this week. I do think that is coming. So I do have the offense scoring 38 points. Problem is I don't trust this defense. I really don't. I think they're coming off of one of their better performances of this last second half against the Bills. Better half I think they've played in a while, but I don't trust them. 
I do think Tyler Taylor Heineke is going to give them some opportunities. I just don't trust them. I've seen too many issues right now. I think the Chiefs have to win a nail-biter 38-34 to 34 because this defense simply is not playing. They're not good, and they're playing even worse. Yeah, they are, and this is a big one because this is a game that they can't afford to lose. And do you know if they want to go for another ring, they have to win this. Like this is uh, where you have to start it. Yeah. See, I was about to go with something you can't afford to lose, and you just brought up a ring. How about that? You can't afford to lose an appointment with Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. Our friends uh, over at Ruback, the oldest jewelry institution in Kansas City, is Ruback, and Hal is what makes that thing tick. He is a guy of great integrity, a guy that cares about the people that walk into his building and want to talk about any custom jewelry needs that you might have. And the thing about Hal is he will build you a custom ring for uh, a more reasonable price than what you're going to see a lot of the big box jewelry stores. And he's going to give you something that is going to have a lot more meaning to you. You're going to be able to provide a lot more input. And you're going to do it at a very reasonable price. He's going to work within your budget. He's going to do what he can to, for you without trying to push you to go beyond what you are comfortable doing. So if you're looking for an engagement ring, if you're looking for a push present for you know the birth of a, of a child, whatever you're looking to do, they've done so many different things. Um, you know, and it's all custom. There's there's so many different situations. You know, taking old jewelry from family i know they talked about taking you know some family heirlooms and, and repurposing it into some different jewelry and stuff like that there's so many different things that they can do but whatever you're looking for set an appointment with hal at ruback.co you will not regret it if you are going to do anything jewelry related in kansas city and you don't talk to hal first you're making a mistake tisk 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 and you're making them you know what you're going to make a mistake if you don't pick the Chiefs to win this game. I do think that there is just enough of leadership in that group. I think there's a lot of questions, and I think rightfully you can be questioning the leadership. But this is still a team with a lot of high-level players, a lot of pride. I don't know if it's going to be able to fix all the problems for this football team. I do think that they will work to get it right this week. They've been humbled. They've been humbled time and time again. The issues are identifiable in a lot of different ways on the offensive side of the football. Protect it. Catch the football. Tuck the football. Hold on to the football. That that formula in and of itself, the Chiefs are 4-1. and one. Just, just the truth of the matter. The margin for error was some you know lack of being careless with the football. I think they cleaned that up this week. I think the Chiefs win the turnover battle this week. I think Tyron Matthew gets his hands on a football. I think the Chiefs protect the football, and that's enough to get away from Washington with a 31-24 victory. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much to Emprise Bank for all they do. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you're consuming this show. We're going to talk to you Monday after a Chiefs win getting to three and three after beating the Washington football team on the road. The, it, it starts now. It starts right now. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.